Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, you're right about one thing, Master. The leak did happen early. I don't know. That's a it's a reach. It's a reach. It's a reach for a Phantom Menace quote, but that certainly wouldn't be the first time I do something like that. Oh, hey everybody. It's me. It's Riley Blanton. It's us. It's the Star Wars Report podcast and it's him. It's Mr. Mark Hurlman back on the podcast. Let's talk some hey, Star hey. Wars, man. What's going on? You know, scouring the uh, neighborhood for scouting for food. Mm. I, I literally just got back. <laughs> you you uh, have dropping like, off the flyers in, and checking out though. My yeah. nephew hooked me up with this killer little rebel pendant for my zipper for my my jacket. Ooh, yeah. delicious! Yeah, they, they see rebel stuff and they're like, Uncle Mark. <laughs> well, the thing is, I um, kind of incognito. Like you have your you're literally in studio, still in uniform. A Boy yeah. Scout uniform, but with um, you've kind of you, you like did the, I don't know, just threw the overcoat on and you're incognito now. I love it. Well, it's it's a beautiful. This is the camp jacket I got when I was head chef at uh, Camp McQuala. So oh. it's actually got our there you go. like it's so low key though. Like if you mm, don't yeah. know what you're looking at, you have no idea. I'm in full class A's. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Field like uniform, it. or they call it now. We we don't call it class A's and class B's, but my troop still does. Like they, the military doesn't either. They used to. The there used to be like they used to call it class A's for dress uniforms. But that's what it's. So we're not here to talk uh, right, military. Right. Let's let, let's get serious. There's some serious biz- business happening up here, up in here. There's some Star Wars news. There's a lot of Star Wars news. So See, let's. I knew it was serious oh, the second oh. that the show notes were filled with tweets because I was oh, like, yeah. Riley, don't do Twitter. Like yeah, it's got to be big just, if Riley's I, doing Twitter. I literally, I did it. I hopped on Twitter today. <laughs> Which, my God, you know something egregious has happened to to get me on there. So, you know, I'll t- we'll, we'll tell you guys all about it here in one moment. We have something to report. Closer, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. We have to got to make it official, man. It's now we are in the news segment. Dang it, this is a serious podcast. We have segments. We are prepared. There are notes. We follow a format. I'm kidding. We <laughs> usually don't do any of those things. Um, but <laughs> you're right, man. Make it I, till we make it. I wandered onto Twitter uh, today as I was prepping the notes. Um, uh, my wife and I were watching a really cute, like, little Christmas movie, and it was kind of it's the it's on Netflix right now. Um, it's called Love Hard, and it's okay. it's it's one of those Hallmarky kind of movies. But that we were enjoying it so much. Christmassy for sure. We couldn't we couldn't. Um, we couldn't pull away from it, so I was like, I was doing notes on my phone, just kind of pasting links and stuff. So I literally pulled up Twitter uh, to be able to capture the leaks because here's the thing, guys. The um, we're recording this on an ill-opportune day. It's Thursday, November 11th, as we record this. I'm going to turn around and release this episode immediately uh, because tomorrow is Disney Plus Day. What's Disney Plus Day? Disney Plus Day. You know, there's got to be a day for everything. Now there's mm-hmm. Disney Plus Day. D23 wasn't enough. You would think, right? I mean, it's only every other year, I guess. But and 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 what was it last year? Maybe the year before they had the Investor Day, the right. Disney Investor Day. But that was more than just Disney Plus. Uh, it's I don't know. I don't know, man. They're, I want uh, my Disney Pamper Day, Disney you know, Pamper. where we all get a little gift packet in the mail, like Oprah Winfrey. Mm. You Ooh. get a Disney packet. You get a Disney nice packet. A little spa package at the Grand Floridian. Uh, yeah, no, you all right, pick so. your theme. I go Batu. <laughs> but I say all that to say is that the big thing is that there's probably going to be a couple releases. Um, but the first one leaked today, mm. uh, so I've pulled an illicit and illegal. Mickey Mouse is training a sniper rifle rifle right here in the studio, probably. Is that is that what that dot is? <laughs> uh, but let's take a listen to the 
Well, I don't even spoil. I just want to play the audio, and we're going to enjoy this one minute and 13 seconds of pure joy. There's a hunger for this character to come back. The oh, fans yeah. have been waiting long enough, you know? Something that's extremely exciting is the return of, obviously, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is quite a dark time that we're coming into with him. Just being a Jedi, it's not safe. There's Jedi hunters out there. At least he has this one task left, which is to keep Luke safe. That's definitely a starting place for our story. The interesting thing is going to be where it goes from there. The most beautiful thing of all is that it's brought me back together with Hayden. We are bringing back Hayden Christensen to reprise the role of Darth Vader. We couldn't tell the story of Obi-Wan Kenobi without addressing Anakin or Vader. Oh, have another swing at each other. It might be quite uh, satisfying for everybody. <laughs> we hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it. Mm. Uh-huh. Quite enjoyable for everybody. Right. Now, we've speculated about what they could do with this before they even announced mm. they were going to yes. do this. Yeah. No, we we did. Yeah. And it's and we've it's I feel like Kenobi and Andor are two of the ones that have been in production the longest. They both right. wrapped shooting. I, I think Kenobi might still be shooting, but I know Andor has been wrapped for a while. I would imagine Andor is the next thing that they're going to like release a little sizzle or something because we got right. we got like a behind the scenes sizzle of Andor back at like was it celebration or something we we got a whole cassie and andor sizzle behind, similar to this like a they don't right. really they don't show any footage at all but what they instead cut through and we'll walk through it is is a series of concept arts and a couple behind the scenes clips uh to tease uh kenobi or star wars kenobi i love the logo the way it um i don't know it's just got this sort of dusty wind sand blown wind well, you know what we've seen before, right? We, we've talked about it before. With Legends, we see Kenobi leave Tatooine to go on a mission to help save other Jedi yep. and to kind of help protect Leia. I was wondering with this, I almost got the feeling like maybe Luke gets kidnapped by some pirates or something and Kenobi has to chase him off world to get him back. I mean, it looked like we were leaving. And I'm trying to think what's going to get him to go again, you know? Yeah, I let's. I, I'm gonna play this this audio. I gotta hang on. Let me cue the levels are a little off, so I want to make sure everybody can hear. I think this clip is very telling Something right here. Something that's extremely exciting is the return of obviously Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. This is quite a dark time that we're coming into with him. Just being a Jedi, it's not safe. There's Jedi hunters out there. And they show this shot, and that's the first piece of concept art I want to talk about. It, in the time of the video, it's 24 seconds in, but it's the the uh, like Sith-looking spaceship with the stormtroopers, and there's what looks like an Inquisitor. And yeah, it it's like while she's talking drug. about... Deborah Chow, of course, the series lead um, executive producer, um, known for her directing of some of the episodes of Mandalorian. She's talking about... Jedi hunters, people that are still out there hunting for the Jedi. So I think that's about as explicit a confirmation as we can get on the involvement of Inquisitors in well, the, uh, the Obi-Wan series. That's bring Vader into it. Exactly, I mean, yeah. It, that's who they're reporting to, so... And, and, okay, there's another story, too, from Legends. You know, the Purge comic. That mm. was great, uh, where they used Kenobi to try to bring Vader out and the Jedi were trying to trap Vader, and in the end, it was all a trap against them because he was, of course, you know, Vader mm. takes them all down. That's yeah. Too. Mm. There's so many things they could draw from, but you know they're going to do something fresh and new, even if they take elements from other stories. But it, it, it gets to me exciting because you know directions they could go. I mean, when you think about the Rise of Skywalker, I mean, there were a lot of elements in there, surprisingly, that – I wouldn't have thought we would have got from Legends, you know, Palpatine returning. Like, that was definitely not something I was expecting right out the gate. Somehow. <laughs> Palpatine has returned. Yeah. Sith magic. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's walk through some of this um, some of this concept art that we see. Um, I'm going to actually kind of do it in the video because there's, there's a lot here. But the very first piece of art they show after the sort of introductory clips of Ewan McGregor and Deborah Chow is the classic 
uh, concept of Obi-Wan writing an EOP, similar to the end of Revenge of the Sith, but it's it's the quite literal Ewan McGregor nomad Obi-Wan. Um, looks like he's aged probably maybe five to ten years at yeah. this point. Definitely can see the age difference, but that I think that's very telling. And then there's the shot of what kind of looks like the interior of the Jedi Temple in a way. 19 seconds. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I would agree I, with that assessment. At first I thought maybe an Imperial base, but... It does kind of have the look of the... the it's not the lighting or the chamber. windows. Not the lighting or the windows on the side, but the flooring. But it's definitely a, a cavernous tall building with stormtroopers. It's the classic stormtrooper look, um, mm-hmm. uh, which, I, I, again, looks fantastic. Very consistent with a lot of... And a, a little bit of a concept art nerd here for a moment, guys. But I'll try to not get too crazy nerdy. But the um, a lot of Ian McKaig's work... Um, for all of the prequels, but particularly for Revenge of the Sith, have the a similar quality and sort of a a ghostly, uh, well, a kind of depth of lighting and depth of field and focus in the concept art. This sort of shows the expansive um, world that's here. I remember seeing this this concept art of Cato Nemoidia for Revenge of the Sith. That just blew my mind. It's some, some beautiful artwork. And I'm seeing a very strong consistency here with some of the prequel concept art uh, that I'm a proud owner of, 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 of most of the art of books. I'm still on the hunt for a few of them. Um, but that's something I've come to be more nerdy about in recent years in my fandom. So it's, it's, it's exciting to see a similar level of um, production concept applied to Kenobi. 33 seconds in, it's about the, the time frame when she talks about, you know, going to new locations. Okay. And, you know, I get a Narshada kind of feel uh, to this one. Maybe even when you're playing uh, on Korriban and you would go oh, yeah. into the little base uh, there, the little space station. Like, it almost has the feel like of you're that. You're talking about in, in um, Knights of the Old Republic, right? In Korriban? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or this could even be Karelia. I mean, yeah. this definitely has that seedier vibe. Um, I wouldn't place it on Coruscant per se. It feels like it's too on the surface to be no, that it's... ran down on Coruscant. <laughs> no, but it's definitely a, an underworld. Look, I would say Narshada is what it's it's most consistent with for me. At least, like I remember Narshada in the Force Unleashed had a similar a similar yeah, look. And then there's James like these these quick. These, there's just some quick cuts to a couple other worlds. Uh, one that does kind of look like the Coruscant underworld uh, with a bunch of folks hanging out. And oh, yeah. It kind of looks like uh, yeah, 34 and then 35 seconds where you see snow speeders. Oh, yeah. And if you look closely, oh. a quick flash at 35 seconds in. And it, oh, it looks like a lot base. very similar to Echo Base, although I don't th- I don't see the same level of snow or ice caverns, but the same kind of concept, a series right. of, of snow speeders, which... Um, for the timeline, I missed that though yeah. the first two times. Good catch, good uh, catch. I only just now noticed it, but yeah, snow speeders again, some classic original trilogy vehicles to to lean into. So this is really, I mean, this is the most that we can glimpse from this. And then they go back to the thing. I want to talk to you about this, uh, Mark. They they do the thing where they again explicitly in the same way when they announced it. It's like Kathleen Kennedy was on stage at D23 when they announced the Kenobi series with Ewan McGregor, and she's like, and he's going to face off against Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's my Kathleen Kennedy impression. But she was like, <laughs> he, he, they lit, right out the gate, they led with, I think, what, it'd be, what would be the most obvious mm-hmm. um, tease, but also like the biggest giveaway. If that's like the climax of the right. series or one of the biggest events of the series, like Obi-Wan faces off against not just Vader, but Hayden Christensen's version of Vader or flashbacks featuring Hayden Christensen, all of that's on the table now. And we know it's on the table now, which is cool, but it's very unlike um, Lucasfilm recently. They're usually very coy about this, but they're really leaning into this, like, no, Hayden Christensen's here, and we're going to face off, and they have, like, Ewan McGregor being all coy, and be like, and it's that's going to be very entertaining. We might come fisticuffs again. And- I'm I'm hoping for nightmares, um, PTSD from mm. Kenobi. Like, how great would that be to utilize Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, as Anakin, not mm. as in the suit Vader, but before I chopped him down, and just being plagued with that, you know, and then especially once he knows he's alive, if he finds that out, you know, mm. uh, 30, 
after you you get to that point, about fifty seconds in, it looks like we go to Mustafar in Kenobi's or I mean Vader's castle. But there's two scenes, two different scenes at play because one of them, the hologram has what looks to be Kenobi. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, and then when su- Vader's sitting down, it looks to be a different. Oh, interesting. Hologram. Yeah, there are two shots, and because uh, I know it's audio podcast, two shots of a um. <laughs> Of a very imperial looking office, of like right. if Darth Vader had an office, this would be where you would have to go have your. Room. This is where you'd have to go have your quarterly budget meeting, um, but you see two shots of of a very bright white looking hologram, conceptual art, and Vader in the second one. Maybe it's the same. It's so hard for me to tell. It could be the same one from a different angle because the camera view changes. It shifts. You can tell from the stairs. Because it, you know, you're kind of down low, and then you're up above, looking mm-hmm. down at the stairs from an angle, and you can see Vader sitting. Whereas yeah. you couldn't see Vader. At first. Well, and this is one of the things where we want to be careful not to make assumptions just based on the context clues of what they're talking about. This is where Ian McGregor's saying it'll be cool to face off against Vader. So you you might assume that's Obi Wan when it might not be. Famously, in the Last Jedi trailer, um, when Ray says, "I want." What is it like? I want you to teach me the ways of the. I forget the quote exactly, but. And then it cuts over right. to Kylo, but in fact, that's what she says to Luke. Um, right. But it was like this big uh, reveal. I feel like we forget about how overtly. <laughs> well, her uh, next concept art, though, does show a Jedi with a blue lightsaber going toe to toe with Vader. And I think that's so. that's got to be. And it looks like Mustafar, man. And, oh. Which is. I don't know how I feel about that because if they go literally back to Mustafar and duke it out again, that seems a little repetitive. But again, of course, who knows? Maybe it's not. Or maybe it's um, a dream sequence where it's like he realizes who Vader is and so he like has a nightmare vision of him facing off against Anakin like he did, but now he is, you know, it's Vader. It doesn't have to be like in the timeline. There's a lot of possibilities here, but... I guess man bluff it looks they could even utilize Ahsoka to do something like they did with Ferris Olin. You know, I mean she could take up that proxy role like what they did with Jude Watson's books. Jude yeah. Watson wrote the the kids' books uh about young Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, then Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and Anakin, and then it was Ferris yep. and Obi-Wan after Anakin had fallen. And then it was in the middle one when Anakin was still the Padawan where we first meet Ferris. Yep. And he was a lot like Anakin. Dude, how- in the end, he gets kicked out of the Order. I read all of these books. I don't know how you remember this stuff so well. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude, those books were good, though. Dude, they were so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, I mean, you could do something like that where you had Ahsoka come back in. But, I mean, they wouldn't. I don't I don't see them doing that because Ahsoka's story right now is too perfect. Um and they don't have anyone else that really could really fill that role. Maybe Quinlan Voss, possibly Quinlan mm, Voss. Maybe. <clears throat> I'm looking, and then the only other thing I think that covers the uh, bulk of the artwork. Although there's one, there's literally now that I scrub through it, there's literally only one behind the scenes shot, and it's Ewan McGregor training with a stunt lightsaber in the warehouse. All masked up while he's and, training. And Hayden wasn't Hayden also training? So, no, because I just scrubbed back to watch. That's a stunt guy with him. It's not Hayden. So they Wait, still haven't actually at shown us. Two seconds. That's that's no. not Hayden. No, siree. I mean, he's got a mask on, so it's so hard to tell. I just figured. No, I can. T- I, I I'm pretty confident. Is that McGregor then? But yeah, so um, McGregor in the um, in the orange shirt. Okay. He's just got a... Um, His hair just looks so dark in that... The, yeah, and he's got the kind of pretty long flowing hair, too. But, yep, in the mask, he, that that's definitely McGregor. Sporting a pretty sick tattoo now, by the way. Right. Um, but, yeah, so there he is. Uh, they they intercut it with some, um, some Revenge of the Sith shots and even with a, a brief shot of A New Hope at the end there well, before they cut to the title, which, by the way, here's the title card, Star Wars... Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's my first time seeing, uh, or at least re- at least re- recognizing, I don't remember seeing Obi-Wan being included in, right. the, in the title. So there it is. Oh, it's well, beautiful. outside the Jedi angle, mm-hmm. you know, you're on Tatooine. What are like the big things? You've got the sand people. Uh, you've got the Krayat dragon. You've got pirates and huts. Yeah. Maybe you're running with the farmers. I mean... 
there's not really much more going on outside of those kind of threats that I can think of off the top of my head. With those threats, though, I could see a lot of different ways that Luke could come into harm or peril, sure. yeah. forcing Kenobi's hand. Um, because that that was the one thing about that one series of books was Luke really didn't factor into it at all. I mean, Kenobi leaving was an obligation to the order and a favor to Ferris. And at the end of the book, he's like, I did this this one time and I will not leave Tatooine again. I have obligations. Um, and, and the cool thing about that book series was Ferris ended up kind of becoming the Kenobi to uh, Leia, which mm. I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's a, it's a great inside look. I'm sure that we'll probably get more, and we'll be back next week to to break it down a little bit. But I had to at least talk about and lead the show off with the Kenobi news, man, because that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Because the next the next piece of news, not so exciting. Oh, is it a delay? Don't be a delay. Is there a delay? It seems like every toy I'm looking for is getting delayed. Every pre order I get is getting canceled. I hate this cancel culture. You are correct, Mr. Hurlman. <laughs> Patty Jenkins, Star Wars movie, Rogue Squadron delayed. A Hollywood Reporter oh. exclusive. The first Star Wars feature since 2019's Rise of Skywalker was to have gone into production next year. So pour one out. For Star Wars Rogue Squadron as scheduling conflicts have now prevented an immediate release next year, or at least production next year, of uh, Rogue Squadron, led by filmmaker Patty Jenkins, of course, the director of the recent Wonder, uh, Wonder Woman films. Yeah. She's currently she's got a lot on her plate. I was, I was um I was listening to a couple different breakdowns of this news story that that were intriguing to me in the way that just how much she's been involved. Um, well, I, she's such a hot sought after element in Hollywood these days. But she is like it. The, she's a she's become the sort of um, highly sought after. Uh, Hollywood director star, one of many, it, which has just kind of come to to all. It, this is the downfall of of Lucasfilm's awful track record of canceled projects. Now, I think this happens in Hollywood a lot, but be, but here's what here's what they're here's the real problem here, Mark, is that whether it's um, Chris Lord, whether it's Lord and Miller, they got the Lego movie. They're the hot. They're the hot new directors out of Hollywood. They're going to do a Star Wars movie. Or Josh Trank had the had his movie. I forget what it was that like catapulted him to director started stardom. Um, whether it was um, D- Benny Hoff and Weiss and their uh, oh, success yeah. with Game of Thrones, and remember like that that this has faded into the background, never to be heard of again. All these Star Wars projects, I think the, there's just a, such an attraction to be like, look at this young, hip, hungry director who's going to do all these cool things with Star Wars, and and even now you think whether it's Kevin Feige uh, or what are some of the other rumored. Uh, current Star Wars projects. Um, no, I'm, the only one I know of is that they're talking about the Old Republic, and I'm like, yeah, that's... High Republic, like because I can't see the Old Republic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a few other examples that would help my my case, but essentially, there's just I think they they meet with the director that's really hot right now, and they they say we're going to throw a bunch of money at you because everybody likes you right now, and we're going to say. This guy, this young independent filmmaker is going to... Oh, Taika Waititi, right? Taika Waititi's yeah. uh, upcoming Star Wars project because like, he just came off of the success of the Thor movies. and So I, I guess I, it's, it's, I think there's, this is the big problem is that instead of focusing on a, a arcing... A, 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 and we saw this with the sequel trilogy. I won't relitigate that here. But moving forward, I think we're still falling into the trap of like Kathleen Kennedy and the higher ups at Lucasfilm and Disney see some director who's successful with a given project, Colin Trevorrow, Jurassic World, biggest hit ever, new and they're like, "Oh, we got to get him for Star Wars." And they're still doing it. 
They're doing it with Taika Waititi. They're doing it with Patty Jenkins. They're like, whoever the hot new director is, let's throw them at a movie, let them write, write direct it. It's going to be great. And then they realize that, that creative differences and uh, as the process goes through that it just isn't working. But they, they go out and announce it way ahead of time. And like, <laughs> like remember the really cheesy rollerblade announcement video they made? Yeah. With yeah. Patty Jenkins and she talks about her, her dad's a yeah. fighter pilot. Listen listen to this. I, 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 I put, you won't believe this unless I actually play the audio. Listen to this. Really dramatic music. I love to move fast and speed of any kind. I think that that's because I grew up the daughter of a great fighter pilot and every day I would wake up and go outside and look up see my father and his squadron taking off and their F-4s roaring across the sky and it was somebody thought this was a good idea they're like all right we're gonna go out to a flight line and listen I work I've been I'm in the Air Force I've been on a lot of flight lines and and so like I know what it somebody took a camera crew out and and like parked Patty Jenkins Tesla you think I'm lying but this is literally what's in the video Tesla in the background gave her some rollerblades so there'd be kind of we need some motions for the shot we need some dramatic music the <laughs> shot of the rollerblades coming onto the screen the sun's rising in the distance and it's just and she's talking about her dad as a fighter pilot and how she always wants to, wanted to make the the baddest asses uh, fighter pilot movie ever but now she gets to do it but it's star wars it's a big old hype video but they don't you know they didn't have a script you know they didn't have it haven't actually like lined all their production ducks in a row it's another flashy project that they can throw with whoever the new hot director is and we once again find ourselves with a delay i put that in quotes there's no way this thing's coming off the ground anytime soon. And so I think to me, Mark, I just want, it's just fascinating to me that it's, we aren't once bitten twice shy. We're just, we're once bitten, uh, once bitten by Trank and then bitten by Trevorrow and then bitten by Johnson and then bitten by Patty Jenkins now. How many by? Well, <laughs> and, and the article, like, like I started to question a bunch of stuff because it's like, you know, they talk about how her and, and the writer, Matthew Robinson, have been developing squadron for lucasfilm for over a year with the goal of starting production right and it would have gone into pre-production by the end of this year but then they discover that she's got other commitments but they don't say at any point that the script's not ready but they also don't say that it's finished and then they go you know the squadrons has been taken off the production schedule okay that makes sense but the hope Mm -hmm. the hope is that once jakin's Jenkins fulfills her previous commitments, she will be able to return to the project. Mm. Not that she will, but that they hope. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of you could see through the the writing here and it doesn't look so hot. Like Yeah. That's gonna suck because I really I was really looking forward to Rogue Squadron. But at the same time, Rogue Squadron's been like absent from canon. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we have just the references from the movies that you know red squadron becoming rogue squadron but in the comics they've been used very little so far not like they've been used in the past um their presence was small when, when the video game came out it was vanguard squadron not rogue squadron that that we played yeah. um so it was i was kind of like when i saw this movie coming i'm like okay you know this is why like they're gonna tell the story on the big screen i was all excited so i want to see that story but I don't I, I don't want you to be right. <laughs> yeah, and then there's some some very um there there's some entertainment reporter. It's not risen to the trades level, but you mentioned it briefly, Mark. The idea of that maybe as a result of this, the rumors of an old republic movie have once again resurfaced. There've been little hints here and there, but there's been a, a, a decent amount of um rumor reporting from some um uh a couple movie leak type Twitter accounts and stuff that are reporting that like as a result of this, they're fast tracking an old Republic or a Knights of the old Republic movie, um, which I think would be pretty, pretty cool, but it just kind of begs the question now with the sheer amount. And I actually, I'm, I'll throw a link to it in the show notes, but um, there's a good article from inverse that was just like why Lucasfilm should never make another new star Wars movie. <laughs> Oh, no. And and essentially the thesis of the bar argument. Let me, let me pitch it to you, Mark, and pitch it to you, the fine listener of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, which, speaking of listeners of this podcast, Mark, I 
need to not not forget. Um, we have a we have a winner from our giveaway last week. Winner, so, winner, well, winner, winner, chicken dinner. dinner. Uh, but but we'll we'll come back to that in, in a moment. But basically, the thesis of the the inverse is the uh, is essentially kind of the math on the number of universally beloved Star Wars films mm-hmm. within fandom, which pretty much is caged to the original trilogy, really specifically in New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and. They kind of they do a breakdown of both review and audience rating and reaction to the uh, Star Wars films that have come out through the prequels all the way through the Disney era, mm-hmm. but um, the essentially they compare the track record of Disney Plus and their foray into Star Wars and how it's essentially not only been fairly beloved amongst fandom but also propelled Star Wars back into popular conscience in the way that the sequel trilogy only really did with the force awakens. That's essentially their argument. That's like, just lean into what works that star Wars, uh, you know, was born of the old flash Gordon serial genre generation. And maybe that's where it should return to live. But are we talking, I mean, we're just talking the Mandalorian, right? I mean, what other Disney plus show do we have besides that mm. right now? See, I tried to steal man, this guy's argument. Cause I disagree with it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Instead of straw I mean, man, I was like, trying to like make the best case I could for it because therein lies the problem, Mark, is that, listen, the recent Star Wars Disney era has had a, actually, I would say, a mixed track record, not a bad track record. The Force right. Awakens, by any objective measurement, is the greatest commercial success Star Wars has ever had and probably right. will ever have again. It literally catapulted this franchise back into the popular conscience and back into the box office in a way that like redefined movies again. Like it was a huge deal. Um, and for I, a lot of fans, it took the next two movies for them to finally come to a pin drop on it and go, you know what? I don't know if I like that movie. Yeah. Where, you know, <laughs> cause like, but like even in, me, like a lot of the things that I didn't like in the other two did kind of steer right out of that first one, but I yeah. loved it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that when you compare, when you look at Disney plus, they have had the final season of the clone wars and bad batch, but I don't think I, both of those are just different categories. Those aren't on right. a different, there's on, they're on a different plane than Mandalorian. Uh, it's just a way wider audience for something like Mandalorian. But we've only had two seasons. We're only just about to jump into, and, and we did the full breakdown of the Boba Fett teaser trailer last week with Steve Glosson. But we're only just now getting to that point where we're able to actually um, make this even a fair measurement. Oh, and I forgot. And Star Wars Visions, which, again, right. not on the same plane as Mandalorian. I mean, it makes me wonder, like, what caliber of a film you would get if Favreau... And Filoni teamed up and did just a film, you know, I mean, yeah, because I I feel like having Favreau set the lens to a certain type of profession and then you bring Filoni in who's got that extra bit of knowledge, close hand of George Lucas that can be inferred and insightful. And I feel like that was a winning combination. I mean, and Mm. then you couple that with the longer storytelling that you can do on a TV show, um, you know, they the only types you get like that are the trilogies. Uh, and then you get a lot of those that get canceled after the first one. Like, you know, they just don't get it far enough, which to a degree, I mean, that's kind of why Lucas did what he did with the new hope was he wanted to come in, hit the ground running and he wanted to do it in a way that he wouldn't get canceled. But if it did, at least he told a story. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely unique in that regard, how it all started and how it all moved forward. But man, there's no please in everybody. No, there there isn't. And I think that Star Wars is born of a strong independent filmmaker, George Lucas. And so that's the idea of these, I think, young uh, star, you know, their stars on the rise directors that Lucasfilm's hired is they want the next George Lucas. But I think the problem is trying to get, then you're putting all of the pressure and, and expectations and, and desire for the out, outcome of your product of the next Star Wars whatever onto whoever this new director they have to be george lucas which they're not george right. lucas like brian johnson is not george lucas jj right. abrams isn't george lucas although gosh darn it he tries he really does but <laughs> all right guys we got uh we got two more quick stories we're gonna hit uh right after this uh and we also have uh some boba's bounty coming up so stick around 
Well, a big congratulations goes to Nicholas, who's our winner from last week's giveaway. Uh, Nick emailed and said, uh, thanks for the great episode this week. Really like the thoughts you and Steve uh, discussed on how fandom has changed over the years. Yeah, if you haven't heard yet last week's episode, make sure you check it out. Steve Glosson, the one and only master of Geek Out Loud, uh, was on the program last week. So it was a great time. Um, also, uh, he said, sorry, back to the email. I'd love to hear uh, you and a guest talk about your most prized Star Wars collectible. For me, it was the, a gently played with original Kenner Rancor monster. I lost a lot of my toys in a move as a kid, but that one made it. Keep up the great work, and thanks for the hours of content over the years. I'll always listen to the show while I do the dishes, LOL. Uh, and, then he, uh, and then he gave his address and everything, and we've lined it up. Your uh, prize package is on the way, Nick, to everybody who emailed. And there's a lot of you guys. I was surprised. A great response for the giveaway. Um, nice. And we're going to have to do some more of these soon. So uh, make sure you stand by. And we've got a, a couple of emails as a result of the giveaway that we'll do at a late, that we'll do at a, an upcoming episode um, for a mailbag episode. So starwarsreport at gmail.com is where you want to email us if you want to get in contact with us and also for our future giveaways, starwarsreport at gmail.com. Mr. Hurleman, we got two more. Uh, I'm going to do rapid fire on these last two stories. Mostly before you get to that real quick, to answer his question, uh, for me, I I would have to say my most prized (laughs) Star Wars collectible (laughs) would be Millennium Falcon. And, the, and I say that yeah. as as just the range of ships, like from my micro machine to my die cast. Oh, that doesn't uh, ca- to the Mark, bigger models. Mark. Like I, I I love that ship so Mm-mm. much that it Mark, doesn't matter which one. Pick one. You got to pick. Oh. No. Okay. Okay. okay pick my one. titanium custom version of the New Jedi Order morning black version that I I oh. detailedly painted every single bit. Okay. To be like the New Jedi Order version of the Falcon. That is, if I had to pick one Falcon above the other, it would be. See, that, that wasn't that wasn't too that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. You're right. You're right. I could focus I, that down. <laughs> You know, I I don't have. I'm first of all, I'm not. I'm leaving. I'm not even editing it. I'm the worst podcaster ever because I literally introduced the segment and read the email because I wanted to talk about it, and then I like started rolling into the news story. So no, I have to, Mark. That's a really good, especially because of the way you kind of custom painted it. Um, I actually think I um, if uh, I'm going to name two, but I think my favorite Star Wars collectible and along the same vein comes from my childhood, and it was the first Star Wars Lego set I ever got. Um, I was living in uh, Samarkand, Uzbekistan at the time. True story. It's a long story. I don't want to talk about it. But essentially, I, whole, my whole family lived overseas, and um, we got a care package from our, our church. And um, our church back home, they, and they sent a bunch of Christmas presents, and that was my first Lego set ever, nice. um, which was just one of those old, this would have been, gosh, 2000... One two thousand two thousand or two thousand one. So and, this and is you born before that. We'll pretend to you saying ninety one or eighty one. Uh, ninety one, ninety one. But it was two thousand <laughs> two thousand one was when it when it, I think it was Christmas two thousand one, and um, I got the um, the Cantina, so the Moss Isley oh. Cantina set. The 2001 yeah, version. Uh, that was the first version of it that they released. It was still when the minifigures were yellow, like the weird yellow faces. Um, right. And and that's just like the distinct, like it's it's burned one of the few, because I'm not much of a collector, but one of the few early Star Wars collectibles that I got long before I ever saw a Star Wars movie, long before I knew anything about the Star Wars franchise at all. At I all. mean, that cantina was like the LAX airport, you know? I mean, everybody went to that cantina. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually Googling it real, real quick. I'm like, all right, first Star Wars cantina set. See, when I think about my first Star Wars toys, I, I remember I had a Millennium Falcon that I got from a vintage uh, antique store. It was like secondhand. It was missing a lot of the parts. And mm-hmm. I had an X-Wing. And I remember going up to my old property and I found where the sand pit was and I found one of the wings of the X-Wing. I'm like, I don't know what happened to those things, but yeah, they were well loved and well played. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find it here. There's, it's, it's well, tough to find. I've been a bunch up, of My them. nightmare with Legos is that I let my son play with all of them. <laughs> oh, this and is your so biggest now mistake, man. I've got this box in the corner with about 42 different instruction manuals and then a box of just like goes and i'm like oh 
Oh no, we lost you for a second, Mark. Hang on, guys. We'll get him right back. And we got him. We got him back. Um, but yeah, Mark, that, that's the set. And you were just saying. Nice, nice. Yeah, I got this big pile of them. I've got about 42 different instruction guides that uh, all I have left from all the ones that I had that Gavin kind of pulled apart. So <laughs> I'm like, dude, do I, I mean, this might be an interesting TikTok, uh, you know, there you series of videos. Just how many can I put together before I run out of all in- integral pieces? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I just copied a, a link to it from Brickset, Brickset.com. Yeah. Lego set 4501, the Moss Isley cantina it was released in 2004 actually so i was you way liar. off of my, I, was, I was way <laughs> off of my timeline but uh, you know you know how you remember these things as a kid right but i i guess that that flows into uh the next and final news stories because i just have to say it i'm still in the midst i'm like almost a third of the way building the ultimate collector series millennium falcon mark it's oh, coming oh, along oh, oh. i need to post some updates on the Star Wars report page but um, yeah. It's coming along, but they also literally just announced the next UCS, as as the kids say, Ultimate Collector Series Lego set, Lego Star Wars set. It's the AT-AT. It's, it's a freaking UCS AT-AT. It's been a long time coming, and they're doing it, and it's $800, and I want it. 6,785 pieces. Just driving. Peters, you have more than one vehicle. Yeah, and it, it literally, it's, it's minifigure scale. The thing is freaking huge, uh, almost as big as the uh, Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon, of which I'm in the midst of building, um, and a bit larger than the previous UCS Star Destroyer. Um, the all of these I want, I want all of them. the The Lego Ultimate Collector Series, the design is just so beautiful. The amount of detail, the a full interior of the Millennium Falcon. That's the parts I'm building right now. Mark is like I'm literally building out the interior section with the. Uh, like the uh, little uh, rotating revolving chair that Han Solo sits in when he's like, "Okie religions and ancient weapons are no match for blaster at your sidekick." Like that's that space. There's a little little mini Lego version of it. There's nice. a full little chess table for holo chess. Oh, I love it. I'm I'm having such a great time, and it's taking me months. It's literally going to take me months to build this thing, well, I mean, but I'm okay. That, with that one with the shape of the Falcon, like you know, it makes a lot of sense as that being like a table piece or something. With the ATAT, I mean, like they're talking <laughs> about once fully assembled, you have six thousand seven hundred eighty-five pieces of Legos, very heavy Legos. Yeah. And and they want to ensure that the ATAT can stand on its own four legs. So without them collapsing under the weight, the joints are made with a combination of Lego Technic turntable gears paired with worm gears. Yep. Like what? Like you see him, he's got like this special kind of screwdriver. Like, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Uh, this ensures the joints won't buckle, but it also means that the legs can't be posed by hand. So you have to ingest them. Uh, uh, that's where they include the brick built tool that you can stash inside to adjust yeah. the leg joints. One Cause by it's one. so freaking heavy. <laughs> wow. Like, I mean, but that would suck though. You know, you, you get this thing all set up and you go to put one of the legs out and you move that one leg and the whole damn top just comes crumb. Boom. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> It's like it's like it's all those Harrison Ford interviews where they're like, "Sign my Lego Millennium Falcon, come on!" <laughs> I love that. I love that episode. So, yeah, there it is. Uh, some some extra Lego, and I'll uh, I'll cap off the show, uh, or at least the the news anyway. We're talking Old Republic, but I just wanted to. Uh, you know what? I, I think I got to make this my. Um, I think I got to make this my Boba's bounty. So let's make it official. <clears throat> There we go. As you wish. So, Mark, you remember you were deceived. I do. Mm. I do. In fact, my Boba's bounty has a little story from that in it. No way. So, so it'll pair together well. So, there's oh, yeah. a there's a line that's my favorite line ever to do on a podcast, and especially now <clears throat> I've got the the Heil PR40 microphone here. We can kind of crank the bass up just to really get the effect in but there's a line for for some of you for a lot of you kids a lot of you kids don't even remember this june 1st 2009 the hype for the old republic mmo was at an all-time high as they dropped their first teaser trailer at e3 and there was a line there that's burned into my brain that's how great it is it's it's 
For four hundred years we prepared. We grew stronger while you rested in your cradle of power. Ah, come on. Come on. That trailer was awesome. That's, I'm not even, yeah. I wasn't even going to play the audio because, like, I was, I was like, I can't, we've played it before, but it was the greatest single Star Wars trailer ever made. Hands down, if you disagree with me, you're wrong. <laughs> Knights of the Old, Re- the Old Republic I Deceived trailer is beautifully done. Now, listen, is it stylized? Yes. Is it traditionally Star Wars? In, in it? No, it is none of those things. It is a new unique twist on the um uh, on, on what star wars the old republic could even be um and so uh, i you know, of course i started playing i get an ad but you get the point i'm not gonna play the whole the audio but i love it i love it and they re-released the trailers on the 10-year anniversary in 4k so if you haven't seen these things freaking do yourself a favor pull up the youtube app on your hd 4k tv and watch these trailers in 4K, man, because this is some of the best best Star Wars story concepts ever executed in, in a teaser or trailer. Period. True. Bar none. This is true. That's all I got, man. <laughs> That's my uh, Boba's bounty, well, and I'm done. Well, mine ties with that because, uh, you know, there was some Star Wars Insider magazines that had some short stories that I did not get, and one of them was the one about Malgus, and I was just dying. Well, they finally put out uh, Star Wars The Fiction Collection Legends from Star Wars Insider, and I got volume two of that in the mail the other day, and that story was collected in it. So I was actually pretty excited about it. Uh, oh, nice. That was the third lesson by Paul S. Kemp in Star Wars Insider 124. And so, oh, yeah, it was awesome. like right as I was finishing up my collecting Insider days, and that one dropped, and I was like, no, I missed it. Yeah. I think that was actually the last the last straw for me. Like when I missed that issue while I was still subscribed, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. You failed me for the last time, Insider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, I can't help myself. I can't even help myself. Yeah. Oh, I miss LucasArts. Our time has come. For 300 years, we prepared. We grew stronger. While you rested in your cradle of power. Believing your people were safe and protected. You were trusted to lead the Republic, but you were deceived. our powers of the dark side have blinded you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to wrap up this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Thank, uh, thanks so much for listening. It's been, a, it's been a fun episode, Mark. Tell the good folks where they can find you on the internet. Illogical Rogue 2. Yep, that's me out there doing my thing on uh, Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, and Meta, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> You're in the metaverse. I'm in the metaverse. I'm, I'm trapped. Help me. It's too meta. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Illogical Rogue 2. Make sure you go to StarWarsReport.com, episode 480. That is where the uh, links to everything we've talked about on the show uh, will be found. You can also email us, like I said, StarWarsReport at gmail.com. You can also go to Facebook.com slash StarWarsReport. Like uh, Twitter at StarWarsReport. And, of course, 
We're available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and uh, pretty much anywhere. Spotify, anywhere you want a podcast, you can find us. Please rate us and review us. Enjoy the countdown as we continue to the final episode of the Star Wars Report, which is in a mere 21 episodes. This has been Mark Herlman, Riley Blanton, here for the Star Wars Report, saying, remember... Force will be with you always, and many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Sam Kim's at it again, man. Another episode in...